So we just sang about the marvelous grace of Jesus, and we're going to see that in our, I think, the fourth verse of Jude today uh, as we get into this study. And we're going to see how these false teachers in the church, these counterfeits, cheapened the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May we never be those types of people that cheapen the marvelous grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Haven't sung that song in a long, long time, so, so thank you, praise team. So as I start, how many of you have ever been to New York City? Okay, how many of you never want to go back or never want to go to New York City? <laughs> a few of you. Um, so I went to New York City um, one time in my life. We actually drove around it another time. Um, but went there. I led a mission trip. Um, we worked um, with a mission agency. We worked with the Salvation Army Church. And it was really a, a great experience um, to get to see the city, taking the trains, the subways, and everything as we went. Um, one thing, though, that kind of not surprised me, but as we walked around town, there were a lot of items for sale, either down in the, the main Apple area or other places. They're selling things all over the streets. And sometimes they would sell things. They would, people would come up to you and say, hey, are you looking to buy something? And they would want to take you down a back alley or um, in the back of the store. And a lot of these items were knockoff items. Louis Vuitton purses, like really cheap. When I lived in Zealand, there was actually uh, somebody that I knew that would buy $8 tickets on Spirit Airlines and go from Grand Rapids to um, New York so she could buy her Louis Vuitton purses, the knockoff ones, and then she would come back home. Interesting. They also had Gucci sunglasses for about $15 as we walked around. Um, name brand t-shirts um, on the streets and in the back for $5, $10 a, a shirt. But then there's also these watches, Rolodex watches, that you could buy for $10. Now, I remember holding one of these Rolodex boxes as one of these people tried to sell it to us, and it looked so real. Did I say something wrong? What, I say Rolodex? <laughs> okay, quick story. I'm going to pick on somebody. So last week, somebody was sitting in the service here, and their son wasn't here, but was listening to the service online. And I, I was talking about different types of sermons, okay? There's topical, there's kind of these overview, expository. Their son texted, did Pastor Ryan just say suppository sermons? <laughs> <laughs> so you just got to roll with it. I'm sorry. Rolex. Well, yes, yeah, not Rolex. I know that, too. I just got to stick with my notes, so here we go. <laughs> Especially today, because there's a lot here today. But anyway, one of the young men from our team bought one of these Rolex watches. It fit great, it looked great, <laughs> but you could not rely on it to keep accurate time at all. Not even close. As far as watches go, this Rolex wasn't even worth 10 this knockoff Rolex wasn't even worth $10. These fake Rolexes are big sellers for one reason, because somewhere, other than on the streets of New York City, there are real Rolexes that sell for thousands and thousands and dollars. This one on the screen, go to the next slide once. This one, this one on the screen, $12,600 for a list price for a watch. If there weren't real watches, 
Rolex watches, there would not be a market for fake Rolex watches. I'm going to keep saying Rolex until I get it right. These knockoff Rolexes owed their very existence to the public's desire for the, buying the original. And Jesus warned his followers that there would be no shortage of false teachers, fall, or counterfeits in the church. So we would not be surprised as we move forward, Jesus says, that there will be counterfeits in the world and there will be counterfeits in the church. In his last public sermon, Jesus called out hypocritical holiness and counterfeit Christianity. And these are the words he says in Matthew 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees are the officials, interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. A counterfeit looks like the real thing. And sometimes you can even teach us what is right. But at the end of the day, what makes a counterfeit a counterfeit is not what it looks like on the outside, but the fact that's what on the outside does not really match with what's on the inside. That is why Jesus said the problem is not so much with what the Pharisees were teaching and preaching, but what they were practicing. Most of them, most of the time, you can believe what they're saying. It's true. But their behavior doesn't line up with what they're saying. Believe them when they teach the truth, but don't look at them in the way that they live it out. With this in mind this morning, I want to challenge us to make sure you believe what is true. Make sure you're in God's word, you're studying for yourself what is the truth. Make sure what you're believing is affecting what, how you behave. Closing that 18-inch gap between your, heart, your head and your heart. Are you the real deal? Are you coming underneath the teaching and listening to the real deal as it's being taught? And be praying for wisdom individually and corporately. Wisdom and discernment for the Holy Spirit. You are inevitably going to come across counterfeits in the faith. And it's important that we identify them so part of following Jesus is knowing what is the real thing and what is not the real thing. May God grant us wisdom as we seek to learn about this. So the book of Jude gives us very clear insight as we deal with counterfeits. So we're in our second week of a four-part series in the book of Jude. Last week we did verses 1, 2, and 3. Today we're going to pick up in verse 3 and we're going to go through verse 7. We're going verse by verse through the book of Jude. So, so stand with me, and we're going to read the first seven verses this morning. Out of Jude, out of Jude, there's only one chapter. <laughs> Let's read together. This letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. I'm writing to all who have been called by God the Father, who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more mercy, peace, and love. Dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. But now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted for all time to his holy people. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches. 
saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt, but later he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. And I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. And don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. These cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of eternal fire of God's judgment. So, Father, these are your words from your holy scriptures that have been handed down and trusted to us with the gospel, with the faith revealed to you through people of the past. May we be fine faithful as we seek to study and to live out of these scriptures and of these words. Thank you for your marvelous grace. May we never cheapen that. May our lives shine for you in every aspect. So, Father, may the words I say this morning and may the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you because you are my rock, you never change, your word never changes, and you're my redeemer, my rescuer, and I need to be rescued, and thank you for that. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for his perfect life, for his death, for his resurrection, and now that we are able, by faith, to trust in him. Father, we love you, and we thank you for this morning. In your precious name, amen.